0: This week on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, Mike and Matt sit down and talk a little bit, I guess, about the short field game up in Canada against the Oakland Raiders. It was a 22-21 loss for the Packers, I think. And uh, some other things happened that are not very important and don't portend anything for the league as a whole. And we'll talk about them on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. GZ in Chicago the very best podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Recording live in my beautiful south side estate. My name is Bobson Dugnut, and I am joined as I always am by Ray McSurf. Hey Ray. Hey Bobson, how's it going? That's going good. Uh we're uh check us out later because uh Fish Smithson <coughs> will be skyping <laughs> Fish
1: in. Fish Smithson will be skyping into the show. Um, we've got all the best names in America yes. on one show. Uh, that's why they call us the Best Names Podcast in the biz.
0: Check out next week. Cod Sturgeonson <laughs> will be will be calling in. You sent me a tweet that just read, "The Ravens have signed Fish Smithson." Fish Smithson, <laughs> and my immediate response was just like, "The Ravens have signed Cod Sturgeonson, <laughs> Uh which they... is more of a made up name than Fish Smithson. Um. It's
1: Fun fact about God Sturgeon is they actually used to use his eyes uh, to make baseballs. The cores of baseballs used to be sturgeon eyes. Um, so they would steal them from Sturgeonson <laughs> family members um, and make baseballs with them. It's pretty crazy story. I have
0: always wanted to catch a sturgeon. Okay. I, I've never caught a sturgeon. I think sturgeons are uh, among the most comedic fish. Are they big? They're very big. Okay. Yeah, they're big. Uh, I believe mostly freshwater bottom feeders. So they're the uh, the sort of mustachioed fish with uh, with little goatees, mm. and they're a skin fish. And because they grow so old, they get kind of uh, lumpy, and, and they look like they're like rock monsters.
1: What did the mustache? What does the mustache do?
0: Uh, the mustache is like a, a sensory organ mm. where they can like tell that they're trolling along the bottom of the lake gotcha. properly.
1: Yeah. So the longer the mustache for these guys, the better. They yes. want the fullest, thickest, biggest moustaches possible. Yeah, who doesn't? But I've, It's a great one.
0: Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to catch a sturgeon. I've never caught a sturgeon before in my life. I've never talked to Fish Smithson either. Have um, you ever been a fisherman? Have you been into fishing no. at all?
1: Okay. Uh, I remember, really out. I'm completely out. I'm out on fishing. I'm out on hunting. Um, I remember once I went fishing when I was a child. I caught a couple sunfish. Um, But it was just too much sitting and not enough stimulation for me as a child. And that has kind of uh, tainted the whole experience growing Fair. up. Yeah. And now we're in Chicago, so I don't really want to go fishing in uh, Lake Michigan or at the Garfield Park Conservatory Koi Pond or anything like that. So. I've
0: heard mercury is very good for you in the levels. Yeah. That, yeah. That fish around here have.
1: I, yeah, I actually prefer to drink my mercury mm-hmm. instead of eat it out of fish. Um,
0: so. Yeah, I was a big fisherman when I was a kid, and never caught like any sort of like very good fish. And I don't have the opportunity to go fishing right now. And it's always like the urge will hit me, but then I'll realize I need to like buy permits and things. Yeah,
1: there's like a whole process. There's yeah. there's a ordeal involved. Uh, my dad once caught a big salmon. Okay, it was like fifty six inches or something. It was it was m- so tall um and that's it that's the end of that story so i like to
0: i like to eat salmon a
1: lot, i right? yeah i like salmon as a food i don't know what it's like to catch them they seem very big and hard to pull in
0: i bet it would be fun
1: yeah if I
0: mean, you're I'm, strong yeah I, i'm not really opposed to like hunting and fishing because i eat meat and fish mm-hmm. so the idea that you know you, you go have- procre- procure it from nature is uh you know that's I don't see it as unethical or anything like that. No. It's or any more unethical than just
1: buying it at buying, a store. Yeah,
0: buying hunks of fish from a store, which I'm very good at and do frequently. Yeah,
1: I'm. Hey, if there's anyone who's good at buying things from a store, I promise you, yeah. I'm top ten. I'm yeah. top ten best purchasers. Um, I don't even think sometimes I just grab and go. I just say I'm buying this now. Really got, efficient purchaser in time speed. I like
0: coming. I like going to a store by myself because I abandon all like the pretenses that, you know, yep. we here as a functioning unit, my wife and I have, is like, you know, what we go and buy because we're very routine oriented with the groceries. Mm-hmm. When I go by myself, it's like it's time to buy chewing gum, and tortilla <laughs> chips, meet <laughs> them together. <laughs> There's no rules yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like I'm just standing by the deli counter like, I'd like one-eighth of a pound of your olive loaf <laughs> please, in just one slice. <laughs> I'm going to eat it with a fork.
1: <laughs> While uh, I drive home. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, the Green Bay Packers, they played an exhibition game last Thursday up in Canada, up in Winnipeg, Yeah. against the Oakland Raiders. I'm going to blame... The Oakland Raiders for this game and for everything else that ever happens wrong in my life from sure. here on out, it's mostly John Gruden's fault because he's too red to uh, yeah for me to trust anymore yeah um uh, some notable things about this game is that this was I believe the first game ever played in the NFL on an eighty yard field
1: it has to be has to be right like this is a pretty crazy thing that happens, so like the back of the end zones. Um, the CFL field is longer, correct? Yes. And the So the back of an NFL end zone is where the field goal pole is in the CFL. The field goal post in the CFL is at the front of the end zone. Um, And so that part was like divoted in where they had removed the field goal post from and was obviously not safe to be played on or around. So they cut the field to 80 yards.
0: They moved the field goal posts back to NFL length. Mm-hmm. And then, now, here's what gets me. Yeah. Is that if I were planning this event, mm-hmm. and I knew I had a CFL field, and I knew that the NFL was coming to play a game, Yeah. one of the first things that I would address is how I was going to move the goalpost back, yes. and how I was going to change the surface where the goalposts normally are Yes. to, uh, to accommodate this. But then again, and we are talking about a league that allowed the Hall of Fame stadium two years ago to pour shit on it what melted it. Yeah. So I I feel like asking those basic questions like why did this happen? Is is really not my place because it was no one has any good answers. Yeah, no.
1: And the NFL's almost never going to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, so expecting them to even have a field ready to go and and be workable and usable it's kind of outrageous yeah. I mean just think about the field that we see like weekly in Pittsburgh or sure. weekly at soldier field like it turns into a mess and a slop in an instant. I mean, the Raiders still play on a baseball diamond like it's not the n f l is not a league that gives much of a shit about the player safety or field conditions.
0: To quote Ned Flanders' parents, we tried, we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. Yep. is kind of how I saw it. So we had a field that was marked off like a normal NFL field, but the end zone starts at the 10-yard <laughs> line. Kickoffs were eliminated. Field goals were normal length, back to the normal size, mm-hmm. normal length goalposts. So every team just started on the 25.
1: No kickoffs, which I thought worked fine. Yeah, it was fine. No one. After the first one, I didn't notice it. And I think that's a better step for the NFL in general. Let's get rid of the most dangerous playing football.
0: I think there was a, a certain element of like, well, here we go. And yeah. <laughs> things went, things went very quickly. You know, a team would score, get a field goal or something. and Half would start and just be like, well, here you go.
1: Yeah. Here's the ball.
0: We're Enjoy. going. Have a nice
1: time with that. Um. Yeah. It. It's it was crazy to me when I learned that it was going to be played on an 80-yard field and that there were not going to be any starters playing. Um, you know, like, I, I figured that the second that it wasn't up to NFL spec, meaning, very specifically, uh, 100-yard field as outlined in the NFL rulebook, that they would cancel the football game. Um, you
0: would think that would be option number one. Yep. And here's the thing, like, my, my very cynical, conspiracy-oriented brain. When I hear them say, okay, we're going to hold all of our starters out for safety concerns, um, is that saying something about the other 60 guys? Yeah, on that it's far, saying yeah. on that roster, and uh, we don't have any safety concerns about you, Olive Sap, Sagapolu? Yeah,
1: it, it's, it's pretty s- dumb, like stupid, uh, and disrespectful to those guys because, look, if a field's not up to NFL player spec. It's not up to NFL player spec. It doesn't matter what NFL player it is, whether it's the 90th man on the roster who's not even going to make a practice squad or Aaron Rodgers himself. If you're saying Aaron Rodgers can't step onto this field in the preseason, he might get hurt because of the field conditions. Don't send anyone else out there. Yeah, you can't send Mike Tyson out there. Don't send like, Mike Tyson. You'll out be there fine and be like, oh, I don't care if you get hurt. Yeah, like I get that you don't care if they get hurt but that's the issue in and of itself you're saying the quiet part loud yeah when you do that yeah you're saying the part that you've been whispering for years now and now you're screaming it to the heavens um so classic nfl decisions were made um in Winnipeg, and we got kind of a a, kind of a crazy setup for a game um different than we've usually seen here no kickoffs um And an 80-yard field, it felt like a flag football game.
0: It was very quick-moving. Yep. I forget who the play-by-play that the Oakland Raiders had for that. I think, was it Doris Burke?
1: It was Doris Burke.
0: Okay, it was Doris Burke, which she's so good in that role. Yeah, I thought she was great. She's very good at play-by-play. And, you know, again, like we have talked about Kevin Harlan being in, like, preseason mode, which is, you know, team polo shirt instead of shirt and tie. Yeah. Mode, like Doris Burke was also in, in that kind of mode. Yeah. Which you get to kind of see one of the, uh, I think one of the cooler personalities mm-hmm. in in broadcasting work when uh, when Doris is out there doing that. But like that field had her all crossed up. Yeah, Man, she's an actual professional. Yeah, yeah. That I can't imagine what would happen to my life if oh you were to God. tell me that the ten yard line is the end zone and I had to call that game.
1: What do you like? Uh, uh, that would be so hard to look at. Then like the fifteen and or the 20 see the marking and immediately go that's the 10 they're at the 10 they're 10 yards away yeah that would. everything is flipped now um and that's got to be so hard on a broadcaster but also on a player on the team who's never played in a situation where now the 10 yard line is the end zone and it and it felt like times when they get to the goal line that it just didn't look right that it just didn't feel like players were playing like we're on the goal line they're about to score it felt like guys were lining up across from it like on a Halfback dive play, or you know, a run up the a gap or something. It didn't feel like there was the same amount of pressure on the lines in that in that trench play that you see on a goal line in an NFL football game in a goal line situation. It felt much more like a second down and short. They're playing hard, but it's not a goal line situation. We're not keeping them from scoring. um So it, you know, a lot of the the game was just kind of off. I
0: think something that was remarkable is that uh, wide receiver play in in the end zone, which is which was the 10 to 0 yard yeah. line area, was very good and very on point. Mm-hmm. You saw several touchdowns into that range, and the wide receivers were very cognizant of where they needed to be because I imagine it'd be very easy to be like, there's the end zone, no. you know, run just, right into the yeah, end I've zone. got 10 more yards. Nope.
1: Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, some 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 good wide receiver play on the on the Packers, especially from Trevor Davis, especially from Darius Shepard. Um, some breakout performances, a breakout performance for Trevor Davis. I have some interest. I have some feelings on Trevor Davis making this roster. Um, the Equinemia Saint Brown injury changes it a little bit High for me. High ankle sprain. High ankle That's sprain. That's the monster. It's devastating. Have you ever had one of those? I'm sure I have. They're awful. Yeah, They're I, absolutely awful. I, I I think I've had just about. Everything in the book. Um, but It's one of the few that I have had. Yeah. I don't recommend it. No, <laughs> it doesn't. it's not fun. Um, but uh, we saw some some great play from Trevor Davis and Delia Shepard, and I think that with Equin- Equinemius St. Brown's injury, that might open up a spot where both of them can make this roster. And it'll be interesting to see what the Packers do, whether it's put EQ on the IR before the season, which makes him ineligible to come back. He's eligible next season. Or keep him on the 53 and put him on the IR. The second cuts are over, in which case he's eligible to be reinstated after I believe it's six or eight weeks.
0: Yeah, I am curious about because boy, Darius Shepard is really making a case to yeah. be on NFL roster. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, I know that Packers fans will tell me like, "Hey, you've got preseason brain. Like this team has Devonte Adams, this team has Geronimo Allison. Like there's there's real." Receivers who are going to actually get those snaps, you're making a case for a guy who's going to sit on the sidelines and play at most 15 snaps in half of the Packers games. And that's all you're really talking about. And that that kind of thing can't have an impact. But again, I go back to what I said last week, is that you are looking for non-project players right now. Mm -hmm. You are looking for guys who are ready to be on an NFL roster right now. And I'd rather spend you look at Trevor Davis, and this is a guy I've forgotten about and decided, I've largely decided I don't give a flip about Trevor yeah, Davis. we've seen... I would seen very little from him, except all of a sudden you get to see a game where he shows you a full range of actual football skills, Yeah, which is something I haven't seen from him
1: ever. No, uh, basically never we've seen that. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, I think that Darius Shepard will have a bigger impact than people are willing to give him credit for next year. He's the only guy on this team that is you know, kind of built for that slot role. He's the only guy that's slippery in the same way that Randall Cobb has had been in his past. He's not fast, but he's quick. Um, he's a great route runner, and there was a Devontae Adams quote the other day about how Darius Shepard knows protection calls that Devontae himself doesn't know. And so that speaks to a work ethic and a dedication to the team and to the playbook and to learning the system that you don't even see in the top tier of guys. Um, and a level of football understanding that you don't see in the top tier of guys. And so, you know, I, I, I think Derry Shepard, if he makes this team, and I, I really think he should, we'll see a pretty good chunk of snaps. I You know, I, Matt LaFleur the other day said that um, they're trying to run everything out of 21 personnel, but I think there's going to be a lot more uh, three and four wide receiver sets than people are used to, and with EQ out, Derry Shepard can kind of take that slot.
0: Yeah, I, I I think you are right, but I also wouldn't put it past Lafleur to try and use Jimmy Graham as a slot receiver Yeah, and then also use a tight end like a Mercedes Lewis. I still think he gets cut. Yeah. and Or, or a Bob Tonian or mm-hmm. someone like that as an actual close-to-the-formation tight end. One, because you have to get Jimmy Graham into space. <laughs> you yeah. can't have him close to formation because yeah. he doesn't do anything for he you there. He doesn't chip. He doesn't run. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he doesn't do a darn thing for you, so he has to be a wide receiver if he's gonna be mm. effective on the Packers. So it's an interesting positional thing of who do you who do you put there. But yeah, I really like Darius Shepard. I'm just I'm wondering if this is this is his year and if they're not committed to some other guys. Um, yeah, because 'cause I, I'm with you now. You've you brought me over. Jake Kumaro's He's on the roster on the roster. Yeah, he's on the roster. Jamon Moore isn't No, he, he'll uh, be cut. Yeah, Tio Redding is not. He was another wide receiver who played uh, played this. Alan Lazard that puts Alan Lazard really on the bubble. Yeah. And I think the decision is Trevor Davis or Alan Lazard. Yeah. And at this point, I don't I don't care which of those two you pick. Sure. Because Trevor Davis has the advantage of like a lot of people who are gonna have to play all this season with him. Theoretically, theoretically he's gonna be healthy and play this season. The people who are gonna play with him already know him. Yeah. And by all accounts, want him to be there. Yeah. I look at him as a guy who's been injured too much, um, been arrested for stupid BS yeah. at airports. Yep. Is, has very little contributions, but you know, I, I think the, it'd be complete hubris of me to suggest that that's given me any kind of picture of who Trevor Davis really is. Yeah. And I think, I think guys that know better than me maybe should make that pick, but Alan Lazard, he's very tall.
1: He's he's very tall. He's a good route runner. He's got pretty good hands. Um, he dropped a great Deshaun Kaiser throw that would have been would have sealed the game uh, in this Raiders game, uh, which then Lazard got hurt on. Um, I haven't seen any updates on that injury. I know LaFleur's said a couple times to the media he's trying he's not saying anything about injuries until he has to. Um, but you know I I I think that kind of my issue with Trevor Davis and Darius Shepard is that they overlap a lot in the same traits. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Darius Shepard, um, four-year starter at North Dakota State um, from redshirt freshman year through his senior year, um, did a lot of punt returning uh, for North Dakota State for the Bison, um, but he's also been doing a lot of kick returning here in the NFL, and he's been really successful at it. Punt returns and kick returns are basically all we've seen Trevor Davis do half well in the nfl um we've never really seen him succeed as a wide receiver if he's even gotten on the field and that's in years past where this receiving core hasn't exactly been the deepest it's it is as it is as deep as it is right now um so you know it's it's difficult for me to look at those two see the way that they're performing see um you know, the, the talk of Darius Shepherd and his understanding in the playbook, his understanding of where to be in his in zone coverage, and also see Trevor Davis and purely take Trevor Davis because of the physical aspects that he brings. You know, that blazing speed, um the kind of the ability to bend and move but not be shifty. Um when you know, you have guys like that on the team already in Marquez Valdez Scantling, and Equanemia St. Brown. Guys that aren't that aren't uh quick but are straight line fast. Um. So I just see a lot of overlap in the characteristics that Trevor Davis brings to this team.
0: Well, you have to pick someone at this point, right? In that yeah, yeah the the Packers receiver core. I think a lot of people are still like, where's where Jordy Nelson go? Yeah, you know, there's yeah. still there's well, still that that thing of like they don't they don't recognize this current Packers receiver core because mm-hmm. it has not really cemented itself. Well, you know, Randall Cobb's a cowboy. We didn't know that. Bernie Nelson is a retired. We didn't know that. You've got a clear number one in Adams and I yeah, you know, I've I've been on the Devontae Adams train for a long time. Yeah. But, but you've got a lot of guys where you've got to make the pick right pick right now because you do not want to start over yeah behind your <clears throat> one and two guys again. Yeah. You've already started over behind those behind those one and two guys once already. Yep. With the draft last year, like you've got to you gotta you nail it. You've got to nail something.
1: Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, there's that. That's kind of my just, my thoughts on the receiving core right now. I hope, um, for Darius Shepherd make this roster. I think he brings a lot of different characteristics to this team. Um, as well as being the only real like slot type receiver that we have on the roster. Whether Lafleur's offense calls for much of that, um, we don't really know. But I think he's a good. I think he's worth a look. Let's go roster. back
0: to let's go back to quarterback. Tim Boyle got to go. Yep. I, I think it's because they were expecting Rodgers to go first. Yeah. And and they just slotted Boyle right right into that spot. Boyle looked like he had woke up late and yeah. just Look, a, like you know, woke up in Texas and knew he had to be in Winnipeg by that evening. Yeah.
1: Um He was still hung over the first couple drives. Got his feet under him. Yeah. Got his feet Certainly under him.
0: Certainly got his feet under him. Um, the thing about Boyle is that when he looked bad, the throws were very bad, but they were coming in rhythm. Yeah. Like he was stepping back into a pocket, making a read, making a very quick throw and missing by half a mile.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yep.
0: Which was, uh, entertaining (laughs) to say the 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 least. least. Yeah, Yeah. Totally. Like, wow, he missed that guy.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we, without any of the starters going again, it makes it really difficult to judge Tim Boyle, I think. Um. We saw Deshaun Kaiser play last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, He played against the Baltimore Ravens' ones, their first-string defense. He played decently well against one of the best defenses in the NFL's first-string defense. Tim Boyle played pretty darn good after the first quarter. Against mm-hmm. the second string of a bad defense. Oh yeah, that and so there's defenses is, is awful. atrocious, and so there's been a lot of you know chatter of Tim Boyle sealed the job up on Twitter on Packers nope. blog. No, no way in hell can we make that decision after this game.
0: I, I think something that happened with Tim Boyle is that Packers.com published a pretty in-depth piece, kind of the first mm-hmm. real piece of long-form journalism about Tim Boyle. Yeah, and you know, Packers.com isn't going you know, to publish anything. Um, negative no about no Packers players on Packers contracts but it was a fairly good piece I thought it was well written I didn't think it was didn't think it was hagiography by by any stretch of the imagination because I've said it a million times anyone who makes the NFL even as a third string roster bubble hopeful has committed themselves more fully and thoroughly to something than I did than I think most of us understand yeah uh, so good piece overall but I think that really kind of fed into this idea of like Boyle's the guy because they they saw that as like preferential treatment over mm-hmm. Kaiser when really it's been my position all along that like if you if you're telling me that Aaron Rodgers can't go doesn't matter this season yeah I I, I don't yeah. know that you have you do not have a good option no between and it, Boyle and Kaiser
1: it, sure and that extends to basically every single team in the nfl yes if your starting quarterback goes down and you have a top 15 starting quarterback sorry your season's done yeah apologies like, like there aren't good veteran backup quarterbacks i mean like matt moore was once considered the best backup quarterback in the nfl like what yeah. like there there aren't good backup quarterbacks so the fact that you can have somebody like Deshaun Kaiser, who's 23 years old who is widely considered like maybe a first round talent that year he went ended up going in the second round of the Cleveland browns this is a guy who has a really high pedigree who has the skills has shown flashes is young and on a rookie contract with a few more years to go like it just doesn't make any sense to me to then take him Tim Boyle who played uh you know a few decent games against backup quarterbacks and has literally no college background I, I mean Tim boyle's history in college is he Played 19 games. He threw one touchdown and 13 interceptions. We don't have a lot of good quality tape from him in college. And we also don't have much in the NFL against quality guys. And so, you know, to see that he's never even dominated against college guys or second, third stringers makes it difficult for me to extend that, like, you know, uh, degree of uh, doubt or, you know, to let him slide. I just just can't see uh, Tim Boyle making this roster over to Sean Kaiser
0: yeah my my only real advocacy for Tim Boyle has been deep three quarterbacks and I think the events of this week that we're going to discuss after yeah. the break are going to back up this idea of quarterbacks are a a resource for you and my complaint with Kaiser always has been when Kaiser comes out and he runs the first 10 or 15 or 20 scripted plays, yeah. he looks very good. Yep. And past that, his game breaks down. Yeah. In that he get he gets outside of the scripted plays and he becomes incredibly erratic. Yeah. And he becomes a liability. Yeah. And for me a guy like Boyle who when things break down, he throws the ball fifty yards. In
1: the <laughs> he air. just throws it as far as he yeah. can. Yeah,
0: Like I, I really, I, I've, I've appreciated his willingness to chuck the ball down the, down the field. Yeah, and I think, I think that's something that, you know, the the kid who grew up watching Brett Favre mm-hmm. in me absolutely loves is is the willingness to like, all right, we have a problem here. I better throw this ball
1: <laughs> and, out of this stadium. And 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 here's where I have a little bit of a. a... Counterpoint to that is that's what we saw from Deshaun Kaiser his first two years in the NFL is, oh, there's pressure coming. I'm getting rid of it. I'm throwing it. And we saw him throw like 14 interceptions with the Browns. We saw him throw a lot of interceptions because that's what happens when you do that against NFL quality defenses. And now what we're seeing from Deshaun Kaiser is he's getting bad protection. He's sacked three times. The only interception he threw was as time expired. It was a Hail Mary attempt. We haven't seen him turn the ball over in a real game situation. He's swallowed these balls. He's made the right reads. This is progression for someone who's had turnover problems. And I can't I, I just I can't look past that steady step. Yep. Um even if it's against backups, he's playing behind such a bad offensive line where Alex Lights is your left tackle you're going to get rushed every single time.
0: Yeah, no offense to Gerhard DeBeer, but... Uh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> not <laughs> um, great. My apologies. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just not going to break down this game. Of course, the Raiders were able to score some points against the Packers' third-string defense. You have something
1: to say. I do have another thing to say, which is Let's just that, it. Uh, you know, Tim Boyle stat line, 16 to 25, 191 yards, 7.6 average, uh, two touchdowns. Nathan Peterman played in this game. Uh, he had 210 yards, two touchdowns.
0: Nathan Peterman. This is so, a guy who got absolutely thrown to the wolves last year. There's no reason he ever should have been starting. Um, I see him as Peterman is just one of those like athlete quarterbacks that like desperately needs so much more yeah. time. Yeah. I Gruden's obsession with him, of course, is funny because most of most of what Gruden does is funny. is really and funny. Most of Gruden's decisions about personnel are, are really funny are, are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's got his own metrics for evaluating talent. And somehow, like, those metrics all sound good when he explains them to you until he's, like, trying to bring Patrick Chung out of retirement.
1: Yeah,
2: yep. Uh,
0: um, <laughs> like, does, Relo- does Leroy Butler still play?
2: No. Can we get him on a vet minimum? <laughs> we There's need. a
0: grinder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I... We need Mike Allstott.
0: Okay,
2: yeah.
1: I need my goal stats yes.
0: back. I, I just want one or two of his decisions to result in them signing an effective player. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: but my grander point on that is Nathan Peterman sees success in these games. Yes. Against these kind of players, it's really difficult for me to see, uh, you know, a quarterback competition really playing out in preseason. Um especially when you're kind of looking past any kind of of youth or potential growth-type situation.
0: Here's the closest I'll ever get to a hot take. Sure, okay. Is that if you go back in time to the 2018 regular season of the NFL and you teleport Tim Boyle into Nathan Peterman's starting job for the Buffalo Bills, Tim Boyle does better.
1: Yeah, (laughs) probably.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And by better, I don't mean well. No, no. I mean like four
1: interceptions <laughs> yeah. instead of six and a yeah, half. Yeah, by, by better, I mean better than that. Than the worst professional football outing we've ever seen a quarterback play in history. Uh, the Packers
0: played about seven running backs in this game. Yeah. Uh,
1: they They had a good look at
0: Trey Carson, who had a few effective runs. I think between him and Dexter Williams. I'm going to leave that to people who actually evaluate running backs a little bit better than me because Trey Carson was hitting the hole real fast and was seeing where he needed to go Dexter Williams I think one of his problems has been knowing where he's going yes when he hits the line of scrimmage so and, it was nice to see that from uh, from Carson but I still don't quite know like how that those two are being evaluated
1: in a in a broader point beyond just like where to go when he gets the ball and is going to the line. Dexter Williams also struggles with where to be when he isn't getting the ball. He struggles with pass protection. Mm-hmm. He struggles with where his routes seem to be run. Um, where Trey Carson's been pretty darn solid in pass protection. And he's also a decent uh, receiving option out of the backfield. Uh, he had one catch for 11 yards on a screenplay. Um, but right now, I think Trey Carson's probably the third running back behind Jones and Jamal Williams. And then it's Dexter Williams. There were some issues. Coming out of the draft, Dexter Williams, a really talented guy, um, slipped to the fifth round because of kind of maturity issues. And will he learn the playbook? Will he put in the work to learn the playbook? Um, thus far, doesn't really show that he's understanding it. Whether he's putting in the work or not, we're not there. We can't judge that.
0: Evan Bayless is getting a lot of snaps at tight end. And I don't think that's under. I don't think that's because they are really looking for him to fill a roster spot. Nope. I think that's because they are just trying to get a look at a guy that they might think is going on the practice squad or is going to come into their camp again next season. Yeah. Um Robert Tanyan is really really looking good. Yeah, he's in gonna, the preseason. He's
1: he's gonna you're playing a lot this year, and he's
0: one of those guys that I can confidently say like looks good in the preseason mm-hmm. because there are certain things that like you can still evaluate in the preseason. One of them is like, are you
1: six foot five? Yeah. Are you are you fast? Yeah. Are you fast? Are you running good routes? Are you in incredible shape? And are you catching the ball? Yeah. Do you have good hands? We can judge those things. Yeah, he's got that
0: stuff. So yeah. that's happening. Uh, the offensive lineman every every starter got pulled, so you saw like a ton of Adam Pankey and Justin McCray and Lucas Patrick. Cole Madison, Alex Light, Yosh Nijman, Garrett DeBeer, Anthony Coyle's a guy I don't think I've heard of before, but these are all guys kind of behind the current offensive line, which by all reports is healthy and ready to go.
2: Yep.
1: Um, a little bit of a battle going on for, uh, between Elton Jenkins and Lane Taylor for one of the guard spots. Yep. Um, might come down to this last game. Maybe it won't. Um, you know, Elton, Jen- Elton Jenkins just has been playing really, really well in this preseason.
0: Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that you also have to decide who's your starting left guard and just keep it that way as no. well. Like that can be a position that you work out and Jenkins in and out of, and mm-hmm. you're gonna find like in a Lafleur running scheme, you're gonna find places for a heavy lineup or an extra extra spot for yeah for Jenkins and and uh, Taylor to be in there at the totally. same time.
2: Totally.
1: Totally.
0: And you know, as as far as the rest of these guys, you know, I've already talked like I think. McRae, patrick and alex light are going on to this roster yes. and
1: i think we'll keep
2: nine
0: yeah i think Panky as well on the defensive side this is these are all just uh you know guys who are kind of on the edge of it Looney, kiki uh deon simon who is apparently um a human or someone uh, montravious adams was uh mm-hmm. was on the field early olive sagapolu uh and just a little bit of Tyler Lancaster, there's talk that he's got a nagging injury. Yeah. Some some part of, some part of his mountainous form. Yeah. <laughs> some is, part of that is, large body is, is injured. Is, is, um, is correct. Uh, outside linebackers, again, this is nobody important. Ramsey, Marcus Jones, Kyler Fackrell, and 25 snaps for Sean Gary, who like I don't know has a tackle yet in preseason. Uh, he, had, he had a tackle. Okay, he had a tackle. In this game, yeah. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, he's he's been. We haven't seen him uh, on the defensive line yet, which is uh, kind of where I'd expect him to play the most. I think we talked mm-hmm. about it last week, but uh, Mike benton has been putting him at outside linebacker a lot, um, and not really been letting him pin his ears down and rush the passer so much, but been pushing him back into zone coverage, been trying a lot of things, just getting him used to doing all these different roles instead of what he's used to at Michigan, which is rush the passer, tra- track on the tracked on the football. Um, so maybe not any tackles really yet. Not a lot of you know um, box score statistics, but he's doing a lot of different things and he's doing it all pretty well.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about Rashawn Gary. No, he seemed to be. get dinged up in a minor way in this game, but yeah, seemed fine. Stuff. Something I'm a little bit more worried about is the injury to Curtis Bolton in the mm-hmm. inside linebacker linebacker core because uh, Ty Summers continues to to seem like a guy who is not a complete liability but also like a guy that isn't going to have real trouble a guy yeah in the nfl regular season james crawford uh they they like him they keep bringing him back he's a special teams gunner he's got the right attitude i don't think he quite knows enough of the uh the technique and playbook at inside linebacker to go there brady shelton's a guy but the injury to bolton is tough because you had a real position battle developing there and now yeah. i don't think you do
1: yeah um it's it's I don't know what will happen to Curtis Bolton. Um we still really don't know what happened. Um Bolton says that it is not a torn ACL. Um that's really all the information we've gotten. Of course, these the teams don't have to start reporting accurately uh on injuries until uh the season starts. So for all the preseason they can keep everything under wraps, not say a single word. No one will know. We'll really know what happened to Curtis Bolton. Uh I guess probably starting Monday mm-hmm. when we start practices for the new week for the first week of the regular season um, and the first real injury reports come out. Um so all we know is that he left the locker room with a limp. Um but and on a set of crutches with a knee brace, but no torn ACL. So whether he comes back or not, I don't know. Um I think Ty Summers is a decent option as um, a project. He's a project. He's a 7th round draft pick. Um you can't expect too much out of him, but he's a body that will that is a willing tackler. at ten tackles uh, in this preseason game. And kind of to add on to that, um Oren Burke's back at practice. Um uh, thought, thought it was a torn pack. Um doesn't seem to be as serious as that. That's typically a full season loss. He was uh back at practice, not in full pads, but doing warm ups, stretching, doing all that stuff. So
0: Jury's out as to what's happening right there, of mm-hmm. course there's there's open roster spots now for the packers if they really want someone because uh, mm-hmm. certain things have happened uh in the safety spots you didn't see anyone that you expect to really make an impact at safety except for Raven Green. Will Redmond continues to be kind of a a like is he the fourth guy? Yeah. It's interesting. And at cornerback, you saw one of a uh, one of the preseason heroes and that's Chandon Sullivan. Yeah. And you know, Shannon Sullivan has uh, Tony Brown, Josh Jackson, those kind of guys, kind of on alert of like, hey, I exist, and I'm pretty darn good.
1: Yeah, he played some, uh, some, some meaningful snaps with the Philadelphia Eagles last year. They were a uh, playoff team, um, so he, you know, he's he's he has real NFL experience. Whether he makes this roster or not, I don't know, but I think that he could be kind of a Lindsey Pepkin situation if um, inside linebacker depth doesn't shake out right. You know, if this Curtis Bolton injury is more severe than. We think if the Oren Barks injury is actually going to be a bigger deal than you know getting back at practice within a week. Um, there might be an opportunity to uh ship Shannon Sullivan off who's who's made a real impact this preseason and bring back a Antonio Morrison level type player in return.
0: Coming up on Thursday, a couple of days away, the Kansas City Chiefs. That one is at Lambeau Field. You know where the goalposts are in Lambeau yep. Field, you know where the end zones are currently located. It'll be interesting to see if we see anyone of note in preseason game number four. You normally do not.
1: No. Normally the third game is where you see real starters play.
0: So you have had one game Mm -hmm. where for one series you've had the starters out there, which is it's what preseason is becoming, and I personally don't really mind it. No. I'm not one of those big, like, you have to know if Aaron Rodgers is any good. No. (laughs) Guys, I'm not that dumb. He's going to be fine. Yeah, he's probably good. The Mustache is in top form. Yeah, everything seems good. And then, of course, uh, next Thursday, on the fifth, it's the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Uh, get this, get the season started.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's that's going to be a monster game. I'm into it. I looked at tickets. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I never go to the Bears Packers game. It's probably a little expensive, and they were all like the nosebleeds were like six hundred dollars. Okay, I was like, all right. You know, right. never mind. I'll see them play the Lions for. Eighty dollars. That's at event.
0: I'm I'm probably gonna see them play Washington mm. in Week 14. There's talk of sort of a company wide event going up there. So I'll keep you posted on keep you posted on that. Um, let's take a break. There's plenty to talk <laughs> about as far as Packers roster moves when we get back from this break, and then there's uh, there's bigger NFL wide business to discuss as well. Right here on Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Follow us on Twitter, don't you? Why don't you? That was the smoothest
1: way I could have that possibly said that. That was great. That was great. That. I'm glad you did it.
0: Follow us on Twitter, why don't you? At Cheesecogoland. I'm at MP at Mel, Um We have a Facebook group. It's called Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. And we'll be right back after this. Ah, cheeseheads in Chicago—it's the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers here in the beautiful South Side of the state. I was frantically cleaning it up as you arrived because I—I'm like gone on weekends now. So. Yeah, and I did not do anything yesterday,
1: which was—it's very clean. Yeah, it's, which—it's decent. I'll tell you the truth, Mike—you didn't have to do that because uh, you came to my apartment. Oh, it wasn't for you. And I—okay, thank you, <laughs> appreciate it. Amy's coming home. Okay. <laughs>
0: Later on time. But, uh, you know, my my day yesterday was extremely, it's extremely based in like playing the piano downstairs. Oh, fun! Yeah, fun. And not not doing anything productive. So we're, oh, we're back to right. normal business today. Um, the Packers are doing some business of their own. If you see what I did there, I do. Uh, they have cut ties with a with a guy who's been on their bubble for a long time, and Josh Jones no longer a Packer. Uh, they released him he cleared waivers yeah. no one else in the league thought hey there's a guy we need to pick up on There's that a guy contract.
1: on a rookie contract. Yep. that we should pick up. Yep. Nope. That Just. is
0: an interesting. I didn't know that he would clear waivers. I thought for sure there was someone someone out there who wanted to uh take a flyer on a on a uh hybrid hybrid defensive back who'll hit you but nope. You no, know, um, he is he has impacted his own value in in a ye- pretty dramatic way. <laughs>
1: dramatically. Um, you know, the second he came out and publicly said, I want out, I want excuse me, I want to trade um, it tanks his trade value, which means that it's going to be nearly impossible for uh, guns to pull off a, a deal with Josh Jones. Um, and so they release him and it turns out it probably wasn't going to be possible anyways because um, nobody wants him. He's shown very little in games. Um, he had that one great game against the Bengals. Um, when was it? Was it last year? Two years ago? Did they play the Bengals last year? I don't. I don't know. remember. Um, but yeah, he had, a, he had a great game against the Bengals in this kind of historic um, Aaron Rodgers comeback. I think Josh Jones had like seven tackles or something. It was this big coming out, and I was so ex- I was so excited. I was like, Josh Jones is going to be this stud. Um, and then he just kind of tanked himself. Um, and that's the end of his story. So there likely. you go. So, uh, we'll Packers. Keep, we'll keep uh, slight tabs on him. He's going to land somewhere. Yeah. I mean, Packers cut ties with two uh, second round draft picks this summer uh, Jason Spriggs and Josh Jones. Uh, and, it, and it really kind of points to the ineffectiveness towards the end of Ted Thompson's uh, yep. r- regime uh, or time in, in Green Bay. That's um, the
0: draft that got you your two running backs right yeah, now. Yeah and also also got you some guys that get
1: cut so yep yeah it's it's you can't uh, miss on second round picks no you just can't also released is mike tyson yep
0: so um someone else is going to uh going to have mike tyson on their squad at some
1: point hopefully they uh, make nicholas grigsby has been claimed off of waivers from the patriots um he if i remember correctly he did not he failed his physical and returns to waivers never mind yeah so James, well they claimed him but nothing else James on.
0: Folston, a linebacker and cornerback Jaquez Kalili yeah are uh, are on the 90 man at the moment this becomes a not 90 man roster on Friday yep after uh, after a while so there's uh, also Jackson Porter now on the Packers 90 man roster mm-hmm. so there'll be a a quick evaluation of Jackson Porter um, a lot of this is just like getting some guys in to fill in, those into backup where, spots, yeah, in wear yeah. green jerseys.
1: You're likely going to have 33 guys who don't see the field uh, on Thursday, um, so you just need bodies to take up the rest of that time.
0: So that's the moves for the Packers. The biggest one is is Josh Jones yeah. leaving, and yeah, I, I hope I hope he gets to play football if he feels like yeah. it. Yeah, that's that's a segue to our next segment of like I hope he gets to continue playing football if he feels like it. Uh, a guy who no longer felt like playing football and was the absolute biggest headline and a headline that you texted me.
1: Yeah. And I did not believe you. Well, I didn't believe it I, when I saw it.
0: I had to look it up. I was Saturday night when you texted that to me. I was I was doing a high school football game. I got back to my car mm-hmm. and, and you had sent me a message that said, Andrew Luck retired. And that's all you sent me is three <laughs> words. <laughs> And I just like had to stop and yeah, you know, boot up the old Google search engine. Yeah, like and also like I'm I'm trying to work it through. It's like if this is a joke, I don't get it. No, <laughs> like, no, not much of a setup or a punchline. <laughs> that
1: was the whole bit. Uh, no, I was I was uh, delivering pizzas for for Mr. Lou Malnati, um, and I got the New York Times buzz on my phone. Um, Andrew Luck is retired, and I was like. No, this is a joke. It's not April Fools. Um but he retired, he, you know, he, he he felt that the the he'd been going through a cycle of injury, rehab, injury, rehab, injury, rehab um and was just not loving the game anymore. And you know, when you have as many uh massive injuries as Andrew Luck had in his first 7 years in the NFL.
0: Well, he was playing behind absolutely no offensive line for the longest time. Nothing. And the the recent success of the Indianapolis Colts was based largely on their attempts to change that and create an offensive line. Yeah. But for Luck, it's a matter of too little, too late. Yeah, the the list of things that he's had by the age of 29 is just absolutely Lacerated
1: spleen, two torn labrums, like he had to search out experimental uh practice for his shoulder in Europe like he he's gone through the whole ringer like every single year because of what the Colts did uh, with that offensive line and just letting him get beat and battered around and you know it's it's when Andrew Luck retired um he, Andrew Luck's 29 uh when Aaron Rodgers was 29 he was like a one time mvp You know, Mm -hmm. and it—it was, I mean, just think of six years ago now. Um, it's crazy that we've been able to see six more years of Aaron Rodgers, and that Aaron Rodgers is at this point wanting to play six more years. And it's, uh, you know, it's a blessing to get to watch Aaron Rodgers play every Sunday. And uh,
0: I think also is that one man's one man's rehab routine that drives him away from the game is another man like it doesn't even yeah doesn't even hit to another guy like that's that's where like people are different. Yeah it comes in totally. In that guys like Rogers, you look at his injury streak for the last like three or four seasons is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And the rehab from that has to be has to be very Rural. taxing. Yeah. Very, very brutal. But he hasn't mentioned it. No. <laughs> it hasn't hasn't come up once and and so, for, for a guy like Rodgers, who like
1: literally like played, played, you
0: broke your collarbone. Oh, did I? Yeah,
1: yeah. literally played through a broken leg last yeah, year. Yeah, played it, on a broken leg. Last the same season. injury that cost J.J. Watt a season and Kobe Bryant a season. Aaron Rodgers played for a full season on yeah. it. It's insane what he did last year. He's not a real human being. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that like Andrew Luck isn't not tough retiring he is still just as tough as he was before he's he deserves to retire if he wants to retire um playing football is a uh brutal horrible game for your body um and i i totally respect him it brings out brings
0: out the worst of the nfl fan every time this happens in that the colts boot him off yeah the colts (laughs) boot him off which uh, Luck knew that was going to happen. I don't feel I don't feel particularly bad for Andrew Luck that that happened to him sure. because he was fully aware yeah, that yeah. this was going to be the reaction to it. He's had, he's clearly been thinking about this for a while, and I think we now see this is the first high-profile, like truly high-profile retirement in prime with health being a major concern. Mm-hmm. We've we've seen mid-profile. You know, we've seen young up-and-comers, guys like Sua Cravens, who said, "You know, I don't trust Washington, yeah, to take care of me anymore." Yeah, and I'm out. Guys like uh, Williams.
1: I didn't um, know about the Sua Cravens thing.
0: Uh, after uh, their lineman Williams, oh, okay, came out and said I'm not playing for them anymore. Cravens sent a tweet that was considered to be kind of backing him up and doubling down on the same idea of like this is a safety thing. Yeah, and that Washington is not. Wow.
1: Yeah, he's with the Broncos now. Yeah, I didn't know that. Interesting.
0: Yeah, we have seen we've seen <clears throat> linemen retire yeah. in their primes. We've seen running backs uh, walk away in their primes. We have not seen a visible national NFL star like yeah. Andrew Luck yeah. walk away, and the uh, it really it really brings out the idea of like fans fans might be a little bit upset when a lineman walks away or when a safety walks away, but uh, fans show you how entitled they are when. They're quarterback. Yeah. Yep. Walks away from the game and says like, you know, I have, I have considered my priorities and these are not that.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: it it reminds me a lot of, of Derek Rose a few years ago. Um, he kind of openly contemplated like, is basketball worth it for me? I want to still be able to walk with my children in the future. Like I want to be able to play basketball with my kids in the future. If I keep playing basketball, will these injuries add up to the point that it's difficult for Mm -hmm. me to walk? Um, and so you know it's 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 something that weighs on every football player, and I I think that this Andrew Luck decision kind of spurred a lot of players, um, former players, to post their stories on Twitter, to post their stories on blogs. I think Jeff Schwartz, who's a, a writer for SB Nation, wrote a good piece about his retirement. Um, there's there's another guy on the, on Twitter who posted a great story. I wish I could go find it and give his Twitter handle. Um, but, you know, what we've seen is this kind of decision of, of, of the rehab is too much for me It's not solely for Andrew Luck. Like, it, it, it happens all the time to linemen and less notable guys all over the NFL, and we never hear about it. But it's Andrew Luck, and so being perhaps the most physically talented quarterback in the NFL, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in, in recent history, um, it's a massive story.
0: I think two two things I want to touch on on this. First one being, I think that we really, I want to see this become a moment where NFL and the coming labor dispute mm-hmm. yeah. really pushes for more post-career pensions, insurance, yeah. medical coverage, yes. um, a deferred salary, like everything. Yeah. Every contract should include like a yes. deferred salary stipend for at least two decades. Yeah if not more, as well as, like, a pension program. Yep. Uh, every single one of them should because, like, you have, to, you have to acknowledge that, yes, this is a very lucrative career for, for 5% of the players who go into the league for two and a half years. Yep. yep. And that's, that is who it's lucrative for. And you need to really dispel the idea that it's lucrative for absolutely everyone. Mm-hmm. And, like, even a guy like Andrew Luck, he's made big money, but he hasn't made stupid money. No so he needs the same kind of protections and I He left like a hundred yeah. million
1: off the table. Yep. Retiring he's leaving a huge chunk of money on the table mm-hmm. and saying, My health is worth more than that money. Yep. And yeah, no, he deserves to be protected after he retires and for the rest of his life. because um, the NFL. Uh and him being an employee for the NFL is going to impact him for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah, I re- I really hope that the coming labor dispute between the the players and the owners mm-hmm. take some of this into account, and I think that's a place where you can actually get some good concessions from ownership as well yeah in in that this is this is something that the owners aren't stupid no. they, they can't just keep hiring uh, multimillion dollar p r firms for the rest of yeah. eternity to try and make these problems go away for them, mm-hmm. like the game doesn't become safer just because they ran ads on t v right about how they're making the game safer. They actually need to do things yeah. to keep their labor force yeah. happy, and the labor force needs these things to live. So I think you have a mutual interest that is developing. There. Yeah. Second thing is a conspiracy theory. Okay. Uh, this was uh, published on Twitter. This was uh, Gabe Wilkins, Okay. who is... Uh, I'm not he's not a conspiracy theorist. No, no, no. I want to be very clear about that. Sure. Gabe's but, a smart guy. But this is this is in the theoretical realm, and we had a bit of a go back and forth on this. Uh Gabe thinks that it is at least possible that Andrew Luck is retiring to take the next six months off and then become the highest profile XFL player ever. Yeah.
1: I don't think so. <laughs>
0: I, I don't think so, either. No, his... You you just did, like, a thing with your head where you just kind of moved your head a full orbit around in your chair. Yeah, I don't... I mean... I also do not think so. It... But Andrew Luck's dad is apparently very involved in the XFL.
1: Sure. I just don't think it would have been as emotional for Andrew Luck had that been the case.
0: Here's, and here's, here's the thing. And this is kind of what I, I... This is this thing I said to Gabe that, like... I thought was actually lucid of me. The rest of it was me being up very late at night. Sure. But the thing I said that was lucid was like, Andrew Luck is not going to walk away from an NFL doctor and an NFL offensive line yep. to play for behind an XFL offensive line and an XFL doctor.
1: Yeah. A uh, Vince McMahon signed Vince doctor. McMahon doctor. He's probably not going to be very honest with you most of the time. And I... It's also not going to be real. He's just yeah. going to be some man that Vince McMahon I would found. not go to an XFL doctor. Oh, no way would I. He's going to say, go get back out there. Yeah.
0: That, you go was, get back on the field. And, yeah, that, that's, abs, like, just, I appreciate that, like, there are absolutely some business connections there between the Luck family and the yeah. XFL. I would not be surprised if Andrew Luck was a talking head sure. for the XFL. Totally. A spokesman for the XFL, an analyst an of some analyst, kind, an analyst in the booth. Yeah. they want him to be their own Tony Romo. Sure, I would not be surprised if they, a guy like Luck, who by all accounts is very personable, yeah, very personable,
1: and, nice, funny, yeah. brilliant brilliant, excited too. Yeah,
0: like you know, the, you ha, you have a good laugh at all those supercuts of like him, you know, telling Sand like, "Hey, good
2: hit, good hit, big boy." Yeah, to, good hit, boy. Uh, to the guys who just drive him down yeah. into the just
1: just destroy him late. He'll release the football. It'll be a second that passes. The guy smacks him. He's like, good hit, big boy. Yeah. And they're like, sorry about that. That was a little late. And he's like, nah, it's just football. It's just
0: football. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? Like, that's not, that's not only, like, a gregarious personality. That's a pro wrestling yeah. thing to say. Oh, my God. Like, that's a pro wrestling attitude. And I would not be surprised if he was in the XFL booth. Sure. But I do not think he's playing no. XFL football. And... uh I I don't know what I'll do. I will not eat my hat if uh, if he ends up playing in the XFL, but I'll boil a sock. I will I will publicly apologize to uh sure. to Gabe for for doubting him on that one because I I don't think that's happening. No. Um <clears throat> it led in, it led further down a discussion and I got to think I got mm-hmm. thinking about this one and this is where like my own conspiratorial mindset set in of like you know all right, so let's assume for one that Andrew Luck is not a high profile defection to the XFL. Okay. But let's assume that this season, midway through or at the end, there is a mid to high profile defection to the XFL. Mm. Um uh, let's you know, let's pick a, a Antonio Brown. Uh,
1: XFL lets Antonio, Antonio Brown use his helmet.
0: Yeah. Antonio Brown would be a high profile. A mid profile, let's say Geronimo Allison. Sure. Defects to the XFL. Huh? Um, the, my my conspiratorial mindset is that like even a mid-profile defection would cause the X- NFL to immediately blacklist yeah. every single player who ever signs an XFL contract yeah. because then it's competition and mm-hmm. they are not going to permit no. that. No, no, no. They were willing to blacklist kaepernick for a settlement. Yeah. They'll be willing to blacklist your second string offensive lineman cuz he's never going to put together. Yeah. Enough no. of a enough Easy. of a court case and a lawyer to uh to settle with you.
1: Yeah, no. I I I think that's true. I you, you know, I I think that a feeder league or a, a you know, a developmental league or something would be really smart for the NFL. Um I don't think they have any interest in doing that. And I also don't think that they have any interest in sharing the football space with another league.
0: No, they have no reason to. No. They have, they have no reason to like even encourage football to be on television when the NFL is not on television.
1: No, no. Like
0: the, there's, there's no.
1: More football just breeds to mm-hmm. uh, it's just constantly on, it's washing over you, and eventually you'll lose interest. Having that break is, I think, so essential to the buildup of interest in every sport. Having that summer break, that uh, you know, that few months off for baseball, a few months off for for basketball and everything, I think that that's so essential to the hype that builds at the beginning of every year. If there's just constantly that sport on, I think that's probably what the NFL is thinking, and they're also just money grubbing.
0: Yeah, they're not at all afraid animals. of blacklisting. No, people. I mean if you, you, know apparently an AAF quarterback has recently signed a signed with an NFL team. Yeah. So a little bit of that is happening now, but the AAF doesn't exist anymore. They're mm-hmm. no longer a threat. But I was thinking to myself, like, can you even name the last
1: CFL player to come over to the NFL and make an impact? You have to go back to Cameron Wake in
0: 2007. Okay. To find the last CFL player to make an impact in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, wow. like, you know, And a lot has happened to labor. Yeah. <laughs> since since two thousand seven, yeah. but like the fact that you have to go back that far at all, and before that you have to get back into the nineteen nineties, you know, with your uh, with your Kurt Warner and your mm-hmm. Doug Flutie and your uh, your quarterbacks, like a lot has happened in the in the yeah. labor space. You know, Scott Walker has happened, yeah. and oh. it, you know since since then. Yeah, so you've got a, a situation where <laughs> you know I don't I don't see a lot telling me that they're not blacklisting the other leagues yeah. right now. Yeah
1: but it is a little bit conspiratorial but I just thought I'd,
0: I I thought I'd throw it Put out it there. Put it on for tape. You. Yeah.
1: So if it happens, yeah, you knew it. And if it doesn't happen, it's just conspiracy. It's just And if thought. it doesn't
0: happen, it's just what prevents me from getting hired by to, Yeah, by the NFL. it's well, uh, fine. Down the road. Yeah, it's no problem. I hate money.
1: Yeah. I Don't <laughs> like it. I don't want any of it. So So that's our podcast for for today.
0: Andrew Luck is retired. I wish him the absolute best. He was, yeah. he was a lot of fun to watch. I don't care. I don't I don't care at all about the Indianapolis Colts.
1: No, uh, but he was a fun quarterback. I think I think Jacoby Brissett will play well this year. He uh, probably will. It's a new offense. A good off- offensive line will give him a better chance than uh, he had a few years ago when luck went down.
0: Yeah, he was absolutely just thrown to the wolves. Thrown to the, the wolves. Last time, yeah. Last time Briss- uh, that uh, that Ugh. luck went down, but yeah, they'll they'll give him a shot. That's they've got a decent backup there, and Brissett there. Yeah. There's been a lot of ink on him. You know, anyone yeah. the Patriots have in their in their back pocket is a guy that gets a lot of Yeah. A lot of talk. A lot written about you. But boy, this is gonna be a year for breakout quarterbacks, I mm-hmm. think. Because you know, over in San Francisco Jimmy Garoppolo. You've got Garoppolo coming off of a blown knee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you've got Kirk Cousins who has a year with the offense up in Minnesota. I'm mm-hmm. convinced he's gonna do better.
1: Yeah, and, and and I'll be honest with you, just considering the line that he had last year, he had a pretty dang good year anyways. Yeah. I mean, his, his pressure rate was at the top of the NFL. He was getting pressured more than almost anybody. Um, and Kirk has always been somebody who's not been great when he's pressured. Um, so I think the, the addition of Garrett Bradbury is going to be huge for that offensive line.
0: I think there's—the Jaguars themselves are in a bad spot, but Nick Foles—
1: Nick Foles is, is really propelling them a little bit this year. Better than Blake Bortles, and they have a, a decent young backup in Gardner Minshew, who's mm-hmm. been playing well in the preseason.
0: The car to the car to Antonio Brown connection. Oh my God! Might could, actually win some games for the Raiders. Could be something. Also,
1: could be. could be nothing.
0: Yeah, not aware. Yeah, what Antonio Brown considers to be like his current current relationship to football. Uh, if it were Facebook it'd be it's it's, secondary. It's complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, let me I just uh, let me just uncork that joke from 2008 <laughs> from uh from the Cameron Wake yeah. era. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let me just do that for you but uh from the era before CFL players were blacklisted. Yes.
0: <laughs> but there you have it. it will uh, be fun to have your eyes on that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, speaking of putting your eyes on stuff, you can listen to globeradio.org Friday nights where I'm doing play-by-play for the Penn Kingsmen. Week one was a big loss for the Kingsmen. They dropped to the Valparaiso Vikings 34-14. to 14. I'm going to make another prediction right here is that the Valparaiso Vikings are going to play for the state championship from Lucas Oil in Indianapolis this year. They are very, very good. They have, by my count, three and a half D1 NCAA wow. players on their squad. Um, <laughs> half of one. I don't know which of those two linemen okay. are going in, sure. but I know Cooper Jones is going for sure. He's, What's Cooper play? Uh, Cooper plays defensive end. Okay. Cooper's six foot six. <laughs> Anyways, two hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, he's going. He's yeah. going. <laughs> he uh, he's going. To, he's going to the NCAA. He is a junior this year. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah he's gonna he's, play somewhere. He's gonna play college football. Uh, all things, all things willing. He had a blocked punt and two sacks in the first half. Whoa. And the it was game pretty was good. over by the it time they good. came out for the second half. So they, uh, the Penn Kingsmen have the Laporte Slicers to, coming up this uh, this Friday. So Globeradio.org. Uh, we're going to start that show about 5.30 uh, Central Time, 6.30 Eastern Time, and then we'll, uh, we'll put some football on the radio after that. So check that out um, if you are hungry. Order a pizza from mm-hmm. Lou Malnati's. Ask ask for Matt Setter and they certainly won't think you're dealing drugs or anything. No,
1: please give me a good tip, Yeah, too. please tip your drivers, folks. Please tip your drivers.
0: There are There is a present and a former pizza delivery driver sitting at this table in my south side of state right now. Um, tip your drivers. Yeah. I tell you, one of my favorite times to work was uh, Sundays during the Panthers games. Mm. I, I loved that shift because I had a regular crew of dudes yeah and what i did was i cultivated like because there was like five dudes yeah who would watch panthers football and order pizza yeah like on the regular and i cultivated like this this thing where like i knew enough about football to where like me showing up was just a part of their deal now and you know <laughs> i'd like kind of i'd mess with them a little bit you know you get there in the first quarter be like how many interceptions has cam thrown yet two or three <laughs> 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 and uh, that was always a good shift. That was always a triple-digit shift. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was, the, uh, it was the Sunday run during football.
1: I had a triple-digit shift the other day. It was, it was incredible. It was what, it, what a day it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, those will make the work, the work stick with you. I am a – I worked food service from when I was 14 years old to mm. when I left when I was 36. Wow. Uh, during that time, I probably had less than a year total. When I was not working, some sort of food service job. Wow, in my life. So I've, I've done absolutely every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Feel free to ask me <laughs> anything that you, you need to about about the work. It's it's wild, but it can also be very lucrative if yeah. you get the if you get the right shifts, if you get the right uh, right people yeah. in your corner, it'll work out for you. But uh, Lou Malnati's, man, you pick the right
1: spot. Dang good pizza. Yeah, dang working. good pizza.
0: We have trailed off. Yeah, no, so I don't uh, have anything
1: else
0: to say. <laughs> so like very much like a Lou naughty's deep dish pizza, Matt Mellum setter, Bobson Dugnut here. <laughs> what should people do until next week? Stay cheesy, baby.